tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and today we're talking about chapters 38 through 40. Chapter 38. Shepard is just so fucking excited to be in our in, in our trio's inner circle, y'all. Uh, we have time for some actual introductions, lol. And for Shepard to admire both Penny's whole look and Baz's restraint on not eating people. Uh, also, Shepard has a friend in Vegas who can probably hook them up with some information about their next steps. 39. Simon is chilling in the bed of Shepard's truck and enjoying the scenery and like the sky and like how whatever the sort of dark cloud that's been hanging over him and Baz's relationship seems to have uh, lightened a little bit. Baz, on the other hand, is not feeling the scenery or this long, this long ass car ride or the fact that at some point Simon isn't even in the back of the truck. But don't worry, everyone. Simon's just coasting ahead on, like, some kind of updraft thermal ahead of them. 40. Penny is very cranky because Simon is having a blast and Shepard keeps trying to talk to them. I know. How terrible. What a terrible <laughs> thing to do during an 11-hour car ride. Uh, Shepard ends up telling, telling them all about himself and his many magical buds. Also... He really needs him to manage some magic some doors, which really pisses Penny off. Uh, they're at the Hoover Dam, something Penny is only vaguely familiar with because only people in the United States, and I guess environmentalists, know jack shit about Hoover Dam. They sneak in, and it turns out Shepard's friend is a water spirit who is kind of helpful in that pointing them that the next now vamps are in Vegas and somewhere in California. Shepard has some offerings for her, and the water spirit has some kind words for Simon, and Penny is still deeply cranky about this whole endeavor. Oh, Penelope. <laughs> yep. Uh, so please remember that we are spoiling the rest of the series, and with that, we're going to enter. Easy come, easy go where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Shepard says, speakers don't hang out with anyone. Sometimes they marry normals and they don't even tell them that they're speakers. They also don't hang out with each other. What the fuck are they doing? Being weirdos. Are they I, all just like hermits like... in the desert? Like what are, the, who, who are they? What are they doing? How did they find anyone to like be marry even if you don't if you don't talk to each other and you don't talk to normals either? That's like that leaves you with no one. I mean, it basically leaves you with your family. Um, again, I guess I don't know how I guess it's sort of like my family maybe knows another family, maybe, but yeah, it just sounds like 
U.S. mages are just, I don't know, living a very lonely life, it sounds like. Sounds terrible. You have to have either one or the other, you know? Yeah. Again, though, I feel like, and no shade to Shepard, I feel like it really sounds like a white mage thing, because again, I feel like people of color mages probably not like that. (laughs) I, yeah, totally. Just, Just thinking about the, like, white people culture versus everyone else's culture. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm." And that's such a, I mean, yes. And it just made like my brain do a little ping of like, is, well, sorry. As we discussed off the air, my ADHD has been like a literal nightmare the last couple of days. Shepard is getting a lot of his information from like message boards of people who have been rebuffed by speakers and from other magical creatures who presumably are also treated shittily by speakers. However, we got the same information from both Penny and the mage. So this is like a known thing about American mages and Penny is getting her information from Micah's family who are Latine. So like, it's at least out there you know yeah and I, and i and i think that's probably i feel this is probably true but i guess it also i feel like it just seems weird to me that you could go to a major city and just fight and like obviously there are probably like a lot of like loner mages but i'm like there's gotta just be like i don't know someplace that like is a sort of unofficial mage hangout even if it is like maybe just three or four people who don't know each other like that's sort of the joy of living in a city is to be able to gather in spaces that aren't just like your family (laughs) yeah no 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 i totally agree it's kind of making me wonder if at least penny's perspective on on the matter is this idea of like they don't talk to other mages as being something that she's holding in comparison to the UK mage community, which is so closely knit and like yeah. so enmeshed with one another yeah. that like a loose friend group of mages seems like nothing to her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And especially like geographically speaking, it's, I feel like probably much easier to have something like that in this in the UK versus as we're learning in this book just the ridiculous size of this place being one country is doesn't make any sense and so it's like yeah I mean yeah it is it's such a like there's so many inconsistencies with this even with (laughs) within this book because like when Penny meets Micah's new girlfriend She's like, oh, I bet she's not even, she's not even a magician, like, unless she's got a wand, like, shoved up her dress. And it's like, well, if you think that they don't ever talk to other magicians, where is he supposed to find a magician to marry? Like, you both want him to not marry normals, and you're, like, consistently telling us that he'll go his whole life never talking to a magician. That's not his, like, parents or siblings. Like, yeah. And then how did his parents find each other? I find this very confusing. I cannot wrap my mind around the world building of this, I think. I mean, it could just be that, like, we're getting a lot of different unreliable narrators where everyone's just like, oh, clearly this is just how it is. And I'm like, that probably isn't totally how it is, but. Yeah, no, I think you you have to be right. Yeah, I guess it's sort of, it sort of feels like when, I don't know, people 
who live on the coast are surprised about shit that happens in like the in like the middle part of the country where it's like oh there's actual culture and like people of color and i'm like yes both of these <laughs> things happen in so-called flyover states not as homogenous as everyone thinks it is you know so and maybe that's just sort of a like everyone has this like sort of notion of how american mages are and without the sort of cultural markers that we would get you know, there's not like a newspaper, there's not like a centralized government, there's like really no way of knowing how true or not that is. Because mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you'd have to be in that community to know, it seems like. Yeah. Maybe it's more like, I don't know, people realizing how many just like weird small gay bars there are in places where it's like, there's a gay bar? And like, this middle of nowhere place in a flyover state? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> there sure is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I think that has to that has to be how we read it because otherwise it just is like just yeah, doesn't um doesn't add up. So yeah. What do you have next? Uh I just had to LOL about Shepard. Just the fact that he says that he helped an unfairy with it with its taxes, and I'm like, LOL unfairy. <laughs> it's like a joke that you have to say out loud to her and i'm just i don't know why it makes me laugh but it really does it's really good it sounds like a very mean fairy which i guess i think traditionally fairies are kind of mean and sort of not as nice as i think disney wants to portray them i think it depends on the lore and the variety because even within fairies there's like so many different types like Unfairies, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, you know, consistently one of the things that I value most about this series is the fact that we have these different narrators and we get to see the same things from multiple perspectives and seeing the differences in how Simon and Baz are relating to the scenery and like the trip that they're on is really incredible and it's like what do i want to say because baz is like being a bit of a shithead obviously but then and that was kind of how i had it in my notes but then when you were doing your summary and you were talking about like baz's experience of the of like being in the car i was like oh baz has been stuck in the middle seat of a pickup truck for this whole time i would think that utah was ugly too like, I would be so angry. So I'm actually feeling much more charitable <laughs> to Baz now than I was before we started recording. Yeah, I yeah, I do really love their different perspectives, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, objectively, Baz is having a worse a worse time <laughs> right now than Simon is. Yeah, I mean, no, nothing is beautiful <laughs> when you're in the middle seat of a pickup truck for that long. Uh, at least not a small pickup truck. I guess there are some some these days that are large enough that that's like being I don't know in an SUV, but being in the middle seat between two other ad- adults, I think no matter what vehicle you're in, is not a happy place to be. Yeah, especially since like realistically, it should be Penny in the middle because her legs are shorter, and <laughs> but she was probably just like I refuse to sit next to this rando. <laughs> And for safety reasons, we did see her take him by the throat while he was driving very recently. If I were Baz, I would not put Penny in the middle. She is a danger to all of them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. <sighs> um, I really like that the water spirit recognizes Simon as sort of being, she calls the drain, mm -hmm. but she's like, it's okay. And I'm like, that's actually really nice that she's just like, I recognize this, that kind of sucked, but I'm like going to be chill about it. And I'm just like, oh. Oh, I feel like her forgiving Simon and sort of, I feel like she's kind of speaking for like the mag the greater magical community, you know, like what's more magical than like the embodiment of the literal river mm -hmm. must be so healing for him, even if he doesn't recognize it right now. Yeah, it's really nice. And then she like tossles his hair. It's like, it's okay. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. I know. <laughs> uh this is my last thing here this week is um, Simon's joke about the thing that a mage and a centaur have in common is their top half. It's a really, <laughs> really good joke. It is so good. <laughs> Penny is not as appreciative about this as I feel like she could be. <laughs> really, she does not appreciate the comedic genius of Simon Snow. Such a good joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last thing is that I love Shepard telling the river spirit that blowing up the dam is on his long-term goals. Even if that's, whatever, if he's serious or not, I just love that he's just like, yeah, I'm, 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 it's on it. It's on my list. Don't worry about it. And I'm yeah. like, that's just really nice. It is. It is really nice. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. I would love to start with Shepard. Okay. Just right off the bat, like we love all the characters that we hang out with in these books. We're like real excited about them. I think that Shepard is the only one that when I read him, I'm like, you would be in our friend group. Yeah. For I don't sure. know if we would genuinely actually want to or like successfully be friends with Agatha or Simon or Baz or Penny, but like Shepard would be like the third host of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like out of all out of uh all of the rest of our gang, I feel like Simon seems the kind of person where it's like once enough time has passed, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, like that kind of friend. Mm -hmm. Or maybe acquaintance, but yeah. No, Shepard is like, ugh, I just love him. Yeah. <sighs> His enthusiasm is so great. And I'm just like, oh, mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we learn a lot about him in these chapters through him trying to coax uh, information out of the, well, I was going to say out of the trio, but just out of Baz and Pat. Uh, Penny. Yeah. Uh, he midwifed a centaur full, which is wild. Tr truly. <laughs> Do you think he was like looking it up like on Google as it was happening? Just like, obviously not centaur specifically, but like, yeah, midwifing a horse or something like that. I think he would need to. Yeah. Since nothing about his background that he lays out suggests that he knows stuff about horses i would think you'd have to go to youtube for that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Although he also does kind of strike me as the kind of person that if someone was like, hey, I have this like summer job opportunity on this farm. Do you want to come like hang out, like help me shear sheep and whatever? Shepard would have been like, yep, that is how I want to spend my summer. Great. Let's go. No, that is very, that is very true. That is very true. And like if he also went to school somewhere in Nebraska, I would bet money that they probably have a very robust would have a very robust agricultural department um maybe similar to like michigan state where it's like you could definitely somehow casually be involved in like horse care <laughs> if you like had some friends who it's like well equine studies is my major or i have this horse you want to come hang out with me in the barn and it's like yeah yeah great. totally yeah i mean evan spent like summers working on friends farms yeah, and we'll just randomly be like, blah, blah, blah. When I was like shearing sheep, when I was like, what? And I'm just like, do you literally know how to do everything? And I feel like Shepard would be similar where you just be like, how did you fit all of that into 22 years? And he's just like, what? Like, it's hard. <laughs> just Yeah, exactly. Ugh. And also like, as if we didn't already know what an excellent people person shepherd is he's so great with his river spear he's like i brought you some books i'm sorry i didn't have any here's like a water resistant radio i'll, I'll come back when the batteries are dead and i'm just like that is so nice <laughs> like shepherd is definitely the person who is like it'd be like come over for dinner it's like oh hey i found your favorite wine that you mentioned once like two and a half years ago yeah so, there you go and it's like yeah yeah i know shepherd's so great shepherd's the best uh i also really love his line where he's talking about having to keep this secret and how it's like feels like it's going to be hard but then he's like but knowing is better than telling i feel like <laughs> i don't know i feel like i've never heard a more adhd nerd statement in my entire life <laughs> And I think it points to his motivations, you know, like that it's just coming from a place of genuine curiosity as opposed to like any sort of like clout or status. He's like, I don't care if this like has to go to the grave with me. I, I'm just so excited that I get to know about it, that this, I get to have this be in my life, you know? Yeah. He's just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Like in a really just like genuine way. And I mean... I feel like what a sort of understandable place to be if you found out that like magic was real. It just seems like it'd be just so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. But I know. <laughs> yeah. I would have an incredibly hard time not talking about it to at least like a person because I feel like when I'm excited about something, it it like feels like, I don't know, trying to like not sneeze or something. I'm just like... I need this information to get out of my body somehow. Otherwise I'm going to like explode. But he's probably, I don't know, more well-versed at that. He probably just tells other magical beings other stuff, you know? Mm. Yeah, because he just can't tell humans. That's true. That's a good point. Like I bet he's super excited to tell, tell them about Bigfoot because like who else is he going to tell? Mm-hmm. You know, every all of the other mag all of the other magical friends are gonna be like, yeah, okay, Bigfoot, cool, what you know? <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah. Um, I do, however, need to point out that the way that we are shown him trying to get information out of Penny feels very like, hello, fellow kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I like wrote cop in my book. Like he's, he's like a, like a cop, like, yeah, no argument here. My mom is better than me. What's your mom like? Like Shepard, you've, that is, does that work? (laughs) I I think it must work on other magical beings, just not on other, like not on people who aren't uh, isolated because of their own magical beingness. That makes sense. Cause like, they're just excited to have someone to talk to. So having someone ask even in a really like obvious way. (laughs) If someone asked me, what's your mom like in that context, in that way, I'd be like, wait, who the fuck are you? Like, what do you want from me? I would turn into Penny immediately. Yeah. I think it is also like, I think you're right where it's like, this is clearly the incorrect way to go about getting information out of like Penny or Baz. Um, it's just extra funny because Penny has so much less tact than this. <laughs> like, constantly. <sighs> I mean, I don't think... I don't think he's being tactless. He's just being obvious. Yeah. No, that's fair. I guess it's just like... I guess I'm just trying to say that it's funny that Penny is uh, put off by this because... If it if it, if the roles were reversed, Penny would be worse. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I it's probably just because I do better with the way that Penny talks about things. But I feel like if Shepard was just like being much more blunt and just being like, "I really want to know about you. Tell me about your parents," that Penny would feel much more charitably towards him. She still wouldn't do it. Yeah. But like, I think that would be a much more effective tactic with her than. Mm-hmm trying to like sneakily sneakily not very (laughs) huge air quotes sneakily guide the conversation yeah if he wasn't using uh interrogation tactics (laughs) uh he tries yeah anyway i think that's all my shepherd stuff do you have other stuff about him i don't i only actually have simon cool let's do it i Love, love, love for Simon that he is getting this time, probably for the first time ever, just to like stretch his wings and like go flying for hours and it not have to be about going to or escaping from danger. Yeah. And like, clearly this is a thing that I think for his mental health is good for him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like way long ago like towards the beginning of the book we were talking about Simon being someone who has like a lot of excess energy that needs to be burned and how he like wanted him to like work with dogs or like something like that where he was just out and like moving a lot Mm -hmm. and the note that I took I mean both Penny and Baz observe that actually I think Baz doesn't observe it in this he will in the next chapter that we read anyway that you know this is good for Simon that you know and Penny's like we need to find a way for him to exercise his wings when we get home and I wrote like he's a husky that's living in a city or something (laughs) I know (laughs) yeah yeah that that is 
definitely the vibe. Like, oh, we got to take him to a park. And it's like, you got to take him to the ocean or something where people aren't going to notice him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's, he's, he's a dog that, that you can't keep in an apartment <laughs> unless you, you know, are going to run 10 miles a day with your dog. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, I know. I just, I love it for him. That's all. Mm-hmm. Same. Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. So we see this, like, you know, trauma response in Simon showing up for the first time, at least in a way that he is able to verbalize it, where he's like, you know, it's been really nice to be able to touch baths and, like, maybe we're going to be okay. And, like, I wish that like we could do this more and I don't know how to explain it, but like, it's fine if I'm kissing him, but it's not fine if he's kissing me. Mm-hmm. And I think he says that like being kissed feels like suffocating or something like that. And this is going to kind of like get worse over the next like book and a half. I feel like it unfortunately <laughs> is. Yes. But it, I mean, it, I think it makes so much sense that basically he's like, yeah, like I want physical affection, but like anything that feels like kindness is going to break me, I think is how I read it at least. Yeah. And it also just sort of, it also makes sense that this is coming up and he's able to articulate it during a time where, I mean, granted there's obviously been some dangerous parts of this trip but it's nothing like the sort of hectic never-ending anxiety of his time when the humdrum was active you know like he's you know this is about as safe and stable of a life you know right now than he's had ever right and i feel like that's definitely the time when it's just like Ma'am, sorry to realize what weird responses I have that like don't make any sense now that I'm not in a crisis. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean I don't think he was even experiencing this until he was safe enough. Like and I think I mean that's yeah. like, something that I have experienced is like not realizing or like I don't not even like having symptoms of something until you're like safe enough to be able to be fucked up <laughs> uh yeah no har- hard same on that one definitely an unpleasant surprise it was just like oh <laughs> i'm okay why is my brain still like this <laughs> yeah uh, yep. thanks cp cpt uh, oh my god i know it's too many letters it's too many letters <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i mm-hmm so yeah definitely feel for simon yeah and like if he's like just articulating this to himself like so much harder to be vulnerable with baz to tell him like and there's i mean their communication right now like there's like i mean they could barely communicate just like i miss you and i'm glad that you're safe let alone any like these sort of very vulnerable feelings yeah totally yeah, what did I ha- I wrote? Uh, they're so awkward around each other that it's hard for Penelope to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no. 
That's a big yikes. Yeah. <sighs> In much lighter things that are fucked up, however, this interaction where Blue is like, please blow up the dam, and Shepard is like, I'll think about it, and Penelope is like, that would be terrorism. And then Blue is like, liberation. And then Penelope says, uh, magic save us from radicals. I just wrote you in yeah. my book. <laughs> right. <laughs> um yeah, it's like Penny, you don't even know why this dam is here, what it's doing to the environment. Like, I mean the uh radical environmentalists of the eighties and nineties, I mean, when they're like we should blow up a dam, it's kinda like dams are kinda fucked up. I have a little bit about that, actually, uh, about because I had to look it up today. Where it's like, what is the terrible environmental impacts of the Hoover Dam? Yeah, please. Well, one of the, I mean, first off, damming in a, a giant river inevitably fucks up the ecosystem of everything downstream. Not only like the, the physical ecosystem itself, but also as is actually happened in the court in the, what are words? Uh, Colorado River is a, a bunch of native species of fish are endangered because their habitat went from a like super warm, fast, free flowing river to a still cold giant basin of water, which they can't flourish in. There's like, there's like four endangered fish species in the Colorado River that I was able to glean from Wikipedia and uh, a bunch of like invasive species that are like flourishing in, uh, oh my God, what is that lake called? Uh, lake Mead is the lake that was created from the dam, the behind the dam part of Hoover Dam. And it's like a lot of the, a lot of the native species can't like really flourish in it. I mean, not to mention changing a free flowing river to like a giant lake in a little trickle of a river is just not great. Right. <laughs> So it's like, uh, actually, no, uh, Blue the River Spirit is correct. So, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of infrastructure has been built around the Hoover Dam. So logistically speaking, it actually would be pretty shitty for like people, millions of people in California and Nevada, in Nevada and Arizona, because of how much water and power is is like... Like that is a giant source of water and power for those like three states <laughs> that mm. is full of people. So, but I understand Blue to be like, uh, no, this is fucked up. Why is this still here? Yeah. And for Painted to be like, uh, why? It's like, you don't, you don't have any idea what is happening. <laughs> Truly. And I don't know. My instinct is like, if the literal spirit of a river is telling you that this dam is bad, who knows better, you or her? I'm going to guess it's going to be blue, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who is the expert here? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Not a big fan. No. I hope Shepard follows through. Uh, FBI agent listening to this, we are joking. <laughs> <laughs> this is about fictional characters. <laughs> uh. Of all the FBI agents, the ones assigned to listen to hilarious <laughs> podcasts are the ones that are getting the best, the best job. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. 
Welcome to I'm Just a Poor Boy, where we talk about ways you can support us slash find us out in the world that are not listening to the podcast right now. Uh, namely, thank you to all of our patrons, because Yay. you're the reason we still exist. So we love you. And uh you can all find us on our website, which is hashtag ruthless.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the Gaily Prophet. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Gaily Prophet. And also leaving us a review is a super helpful thing that you can do that takes no money and very little time. So if you want to do that on Apple Podcasts, that would be incredible. Yeah, that's that. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. Yet another bit of evidence in the Dragon, Kitten, Simon column is that, I guess we don't know how long he's flying in the, like, direct sun, but it's it's for hours, it seems like. Um, and if he's just flying for hours, uh, besides potentially needing like sunblock and water he seems to be like fine and i'm like yeah that's not <laughs> that's not just normal capital n shit right mm-hmm. there <laughs> that's baby dragon shit right there that is that is that is magical for him yeah i agree and i'm glad that he gets to do it yeah no that's a really good that's a really good point even just like i mean walking in the sun for hours is exhausting even if you're doing nothing else so yeah yeah and i'll i mean i'll talk about in a little bit why it's probably as much energy as walking but yeah still (laughs) he seems fine (laughs) yeah yeah um i don't know why but like the idea of baz drinking the blood of a reptile just like sounds really gross yeah drinking cold blood not just like blood that has gotten cold like spike drinking blood that's been in the fridge but like blood that is at its correct temperature is cold it's like really skeevy to me i don't like it yeah also i'm just i have to think that i guess depending on the size of the snake not a lot of blood in the snake he's used to living off rats man I don't know. I guess I didn't look up how much blood volume a reptile has versus a mammal, but reptiles don't move as much. I don't I don't know if they need as much blood. It's like huh. a warm-blooded animal. I should have looked this up. Wow, what a fascinating question. Herpetologists, write in. We're not looking it up right now because we're recording. <laughs> so that's probably why he's cranky. He's just like, what is this? What is this? What is this snake snack? It's not great. <laughs> yeah. What else is there in the desert? There's like gophers. He could have had a, a gopher, I think. Is that what they are? Prairie dogs? There's prairie dogs. There are prairie dogs. There's a variety of birds, I guess. I don't know. Um, coyotes are everywhere. But I guess True. he doesn't eat predators, but he doesn't know that there are coyotes everywhere. 
and True. it doesn't matter. Yes. Which isn't to say I love coyotes, everyone. They're just, there is an abundance of coyotes. You're, you're not going to harm the coyote population killing a one coyote. Right. Uh, my only other thing here is blue with like a lot of exclamation marks. I love her. What an incredible character. So well written. So, so much more interesting than like, uh, what are like naiads, you know? uh yeah. water water spirits like this is this is like the river as a person it's so yeah. cool um and i feel like the longer the interaction goes on the more interesting it becomes where it's like oh and she like reads fiction she knows how to read she and she like has she likes westerns like how do you how do you read books fall apart in the water like what so so many questions that I literally don't want the answers to, which is, you yeah. know, unusual. But I just like want this lore to like exist and it's confusing. Yeah. Hand yeah. motions, whatever. Yes. And like her acting kind of like Shepard's like kooky aunt is just very sweet. She's oh. like worried about him. He's like, who are these randos you're with? I think they're dangerous. It's like, yeah. oh, it's fine. Let me it's kill like... them for you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. <laughs> this, this is fine. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to look up River Spirits on Wikipedia, and there are so many of them. I'm like, I don't have the time to click through ever, all of these to figure out what this is inspired by. So I, I'm just not going to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good call, I think. Yeah. But basically, multiple cultures, especially ones that live near the water, which is again multiple cultures. <laughs> I mean, all, all all of them until yeah. quite recently, because we need water to live. So yeah, there's at least some sort of water anywhere that there have been people. That's true. Yeah, I know. What a great one-off character. Yeah, I would. I I want to read. I want Rainbow Rowell to write us a short story of. <laughs> Shepard and Penny in like their late 80s going and blowing up the Hoover Dam. <laughs> Shepard's like, I promised. Penelope's like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, I, I'll cast the spells. Let's let's just get this done. <laughs> Penny's like, I will do this as long as we don't get the kids involved. Simon shows up anyway because he's like, I heard we were doing a cool thing and going back to America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want that. <laughs> Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Um, okay, so first off, we're talking about some spells. Mm-hmm. I know we've potentially talked about open sesame before, so I'm not going to cover that. I do actually want to cover that, if that's okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go for it. I couldn't remember if we did, because I'm like, I know we heard this before. I'm sure that we have. I want to talk about the fact that what Shepard says is true, which is basically open sesame is a spell because it's a spell. Like, it's a yeah. meta spell. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's all. I just want to point that out. It actually also makes me wonder, because, like, I think the other sort of ubiquitous spell that, like, even if you don't consume fantasy, you'd be like, what is a magical spell? You'd be like, open sesame, you'd be abracadabra. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what does abracadabra do in this world? That's what I want to know. Whoa. Would it be, like, like a power boost to other spells? Would it be a revealing spell? I feel like a revealing or a hiding spell, because I feel like at least in the US, the for the first time you're if you think of abracadabra, you think of a like stage musician and a like tuxedo with like a pulling a rabbit out of a hat or something, you know? So I'm kind of like maybe something right, like either like hiding or like revealing or something. What if it just makes rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> it just makes a rabbit appear. <sighs> that would also be very hilarious. Would be. Oh my god. If we ever get if we ever get to ask Rainbow Laurel a question, that's gonna be my question. <laughs> uh we can keep dreaming, but I don't think it's gonna happen. No, I don't think it's gonna happen either. I did just see on Instagram she's doing a virtual book thing, talk, that I'm like, should I buy tickets to this? <laughs> Rainbow Rowell, I have a question. Will you be on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's watching. Uh, oh my God, I literally would not do that. <laughs> uh, all right, yes. Um, please continue with the spells. Oh, I only, so the only one I wanted to talk about is actually through a glass darkly, uh, which per our earlier conversation where it's like, how come we don't see more spells from the Bible? Through a glass darkly is from the Bible. You know, where it's basically like, we see a poor reflection in a mirror or like we see like a dim image in a mirror essentially. And Mm -hmm. so this is why this is a good cloaking spell. And I'm just like, Oh, we get a, we do get a, like maybe not super, super powerful spell from the Bible, but I mean, probably just because through a glass darkly is maybe not as common of a phrase that people say compared to like other things from the Bible that are like idioms or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. There is, according to Wikipedia, many, many pieces of media that are titled that. (laughs) Yeah, before today, I had no idea that that was from the Bible. I think if you had asked me, I would have assumed it was like Shakespeare or like, I don't know, Dickens. Who knows? Yeah, I feel like in my brain, I'm like, is that from Alice in Wonderland? And I'm like, I don't know why. (laughs) No, actually, I thought that too. So, yeah. It sounds like too poetic to be from the Bible, which I feel like in general is just like dense and boring. But I mean, yeah. I mean, there's like a bunch of psalms that are lovely poetry on its own, but it's just like, it's not a story. It's just like, here's some lovely poetry in the middle of the Bible. Yeah. That I don't remember why. King Solomon, maybe? Anyway, whatever. Something or other. Everything I know about the Bible, I learned from Jesus Christ Superstar, so. (laughs) Uh, I had, like, a book of, like, illustrated Bible stories as a child, even though my family was, didn't go to church. It was not very religious. Um, That, like, are interesting as stories, so, like, I enjoyed it. Uh, Except for the part about, like, the rapture, which, like, freaked me out about, like, go, you're going to hell, which is a shitty thing for a, like, child to think. (laughs) Seriously. Anyway. (sighs) uh... (laughs) Yeah. 
I did also appreciate uh, that when we see these aren't the droids you're looking for cast like on a person as opposed to on Simon's wings, it makes that dude be like, why was I looking for droids? <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, do you have other stuff here? I do. Okay. Um, I just want to do a little brief. I had to look this up about Simon's flying because I'm like, on top of it obviously being very magical. I'm like, okay, well, he could probably fly for hours because like eagles and vultures soar for like a really long time. And basically birds that have really long wings that for soaring can do that because of like the thermal updraft of like, if it's sunny, like the air being heated and then rising because hot air rises. And that creates like the thermals that like birds can, can soar on. So like basically he doesn't even need to like flap his wings probably like he can just if he can catch one of these up these updrafts he could just he could just be soaring for a really long time and that's uh it sounds like a lot of how vultures find food and how albatrosses essentially don't have to land ever Hmm. so it's because of uh the air which is cool yeah that makes sense (laughs) so so yeah so he's really not expending a lot of energy because he's not probably really flapping his wings so birds are very cool (laughs) yep they are um and even though simon is not very aerodynamic i'm just like that's where the magic kicks in clearly yeah obviously um yeah so my last thing here is that this is where we get this thing that i've been like hearkening to repeatedly when we talk about the fact that like you know simon's like i was never a magician and i'm like no but he was and this is like where that is canon is because blue is like it's fine you put it back and more like he put back the humdrum stuff but he also put like his innate magic right into the magical ecosystem like he doesn't have it anymore but he was born with it it was there yeah and it just like hurts me that like we know how to interpret that but i don't think simon probably ever will know how to interpret that maybe you know, maybe once he's like, oh, I did have magical parentage, he will someday be like, oh, fuck, that river spirit, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think with time, especially after the events of anyway, the wind blows with so many low powered mages sort of dumping all of their magic, you know, or having it all brought to the surface and then sort of being like, all right, that's it. You know, I think probably the after effects of that is that at some point I think someone will be able to process you know yeah that that's a thing that can happen yeah yeah hopefully with his uncle yeah (laughs) oh yeah do you have anything else I had some stuff about the Hoover Dam but I feel a lot I don't know (laughs) I feel a lot more mad about it than I did earlier when I spent (laughs) like 45 minutes reading the very long Wikipedia entry about the Hoover Dam. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Next time we're going to be reading chapters 41 and 42. And uh, until next time, Scott Scott